0: Hi and welcome to this Meetings Today podcast. My name is Taylor Smith, Destinations and Features content developer for Meetings Today, and I am excited to introduce you all to Lee Rubin, keynote speaker and one of two speakers at our Meetings Today live Denver Aurora event this July. Lee's 20-year background in building high-performance teams sparked during his time as former captain of the Penn State football team. He went on to become a human resource executive, building senior leadership teams for some of the country's most well-known and successful corporations. Today, Lee shares his knowledge of the foundational cornerstone for a leadership and culture-building mindset as a keynote speaker for meetings and events nationwide. Thanks so much for joining us today, Lee.
1: Thank you, Taylor. I'm really excited to be here.
0: Yeah. So we'll jump right in. Um, your background as captain of the Penn State football team kind of introduced you to the leadership role and the importance of having, you know, this team building mindset. So what would you say was the moment you first realized you were a leader and what made you decide to continue following the path of leadership throughout your life and eventually your career?
1: Yeah, that's, that's actually an interesting question. I, am. Um, when you get to a place like Penn State, or you, you play at any any high level any sport, you're typically amongst other leaders, right? They mm-hmm. were they were the leaders of their respective teams, the captain of their teams. Yeah. And and so you get there, and there's a hundred guys who were leaders previously.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So I, I I can't point to any one moment. Um, I I, I did have the good fortune of of being a contributor on the field early, right? So I I I, I did what we call red shirting. So I didn't play my first year, practice but didn't play mm-hmm. in, in competitive games. And then my freshman year I got some playing time. And then after an injury to the person who was the starter in front of me during my sophomore year, I became a starter. Okay. Happened to be in a role where leadership was important because as the free safety of the team, um, I was essentially the quarterback of the defense, right? I was on the defensive side of the ball and my job was to make coverage calls and make adjustments and communicate with everyone. And so in that role, there's there's just built-in leadership responsibilities, um, grew to be selected as a captain, later in my career a senior year but I, honestly i can't point to any moment where okay wow now i'm i'm now i'm the leader mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but
0: yeah but your experience as as captain and just on the football team you know it showed you that that quality of being a leader and how important it could be in your life
1: no absolutely absolutely mm-hmm. and, and i embrace it i um i embraced it i it, it, it was quite an honor right to, to be able to say at a place like that to be a leader of leaders mm-hmm. I don't take that lightly and I've learned quite a bit from it because there's there's so many other talented gifted um passionate people who want the team to be successful mm-hmm. um, I, I see i see leadership in um, a role like that especially on a team sport As 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 not someone who's in charge of other people, but as someone who most or best embodies the principles and the core values of that organization.
0: Mm -hmm. And and I think that's a great way of looking at it.
1: Yeah, right. It's 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 the person who um, is helping, is Mm -hmm. is guiding and and directing, whether in word and in action, to to us being individually and collectively our best so it's not like you do what I say because I'm a leader it's it's no hey 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 guys hey ladies let's get to where we're trying to go together Mm -hmm. I'm really trying to be an example as opposed to um (laughs) someone who's in control of other people
0: Mm -hmm. so your experience with football kind of introduced you to what leadership could do. What, in your opinion, taught you most of what you know today as a sought-after voice for your ability to articulate these necessary principles for team-building leadership, peak performance, in relation to corporations and organizations, the work that you do, you know, today and now? Yeah,
1: well, I I guess I can best explain that by telling you how I got into the speaking thing. (laughs) Yes, I would love Um, to hear that. Yeah, so... As a former captain of, of, of a major program, when I came back home, yes, I'm working a full-time nine to five job, but I would be invited frequently to speak at different events, to okay. you know, typically athletic events. Um, a coach would say, Hey Lee, can you come to speak to our team? Or a a graduation ceremony, right? We we want someone from the community, a name people may recognize can you come share some of the things that made you successful both individually and as part of a team? And the more I did it, the more I loved doing it. And, and, and quite frankly, the better I got. Mm -hmm. Simultaneously um, I was also the Sunday school teacher at my church. Right. So on a weekly basis, I'm up in front of people and they say when you teach, you actually learn twice, right? You you, you study, you prepare, um, and then you've got to know it well enough to share it and help other people understand it. So the the idea of of, of learning and sharing and teaching um, was something I was doing on a weekly basis and on a frequent basis, you know, with sports teams and youth groups. And again, the more I did it, the better I got. hmm and, um, and I'm speaking to a youth football group, like uh, uh, the, the little guys, right? They might have been 11 or 12. And the coach invited the parents to come, um, mostly dads, but they invited a number of the parents to sit in on, on, on our little conversation. And afterwards, one of the fathers came up to me and said, hey, I run a, I run a group at my company and I think your message would be appropriate for them. And the light bulb went off, Taylor. Right? Mm-hmm. Like, wait a minute. You you mean corporations could benefit from this stuff? Mm-hmm. And you know, <laughs> you know, the 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 fifty bucks and two slices of pizza that they gave me at the youth football program um, was not exactly what I was offered to speak at a corporation. <laughs> yeah. You know, in and, and, and pure dollars and cents, I said, "Wait a minute. Um, this could actually turn into something." Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, not that I was looking at it purely from a monetary perspective, but I had never previously even considered um, speaking and sharing the things that I had learned from my athletic and my corporate experience with other corporations, with other professionals. Mm -hmm. And um, at that moment, I just, you know, I I took that I took that opportunity and um, it's just grown from there.
0: Mm -hmm. I was going to go into, you know, that moment in which you realized that this knowledge and wisdom you had on team building was important and relevant to share, you know, not just in the sports world, but outside of that, you know, there's so many areas in which the skills that you have and the lessons that you can teach apply to um, in life. And I think that when you have a message to share that can go in so many different directions, it's, it's an important message to listen to.
1: Agree 100%. I have shared this message, the, the, the five components of extraordinary teams mm-hmm. with with just about every age group um, across almost every industry and outside of professional organizations and corporations. I've done this talk at a marriage workshop
0: mm-hmm. wow. because a
1: family is a team. And in and, and fact, I think one of the mistakes that married couples make is they don't approach their marriage and their family as a team right they don't think of what their common goals are they don't think of what their mission and vision are for the family they just you know and and, and I get it right you just kind of function day to day and you you, you, <laughs> you just try to try to try to get through each of the challenges individually yeah. um, but but you're, you're right. The stuff that I have sort of taken for granted in learning what it takes to build a great team, um, other people need to hear. And, and, and that's why I absolutely love what I do, because it's not just me having fun on, on the stage. It's me sharing valuable information that, when applied, can really positively impact people's lives.
0: Mm-hmm. And you offer two different keynote programs, so the Team Building Keynote and the Peak Performance Keynote. Um, And at our meetings today, live Denver Aurora event, guests will have the opportunity to sit in on your team building keynote, which emphasizes, you know, how extraordinary teams require certain components. You said these five main pieces that kind of hold teams together. Um, So would you mind elaborating kind of on these key pieces and components of an extraordinary team and how you go about, you know, sharing these tips with your audience and making sure that they go away with something that they have learned.
1: Sure. I'm, I'm happy to get into the five components, what we call the five C's, because as, as a memory tool, each of the components start with the letter C. Yep. Um, but let me, let me first, before I get into that, let me tell you where the genesis of that talk came from. Mm-hmm. It was a local college women's soccer team. Their coach invited me to come speak. And literally on my way to speak to the team, because I had some thoughts already prepared. But I said, you know what, let me, let me call coach and see if there's anything he wants me to reinforce. And so I made the call from a, a, a New Jersey diner, right? Like diners are like a thing in Jersey. So I'm, I'm literally writing on the back of a napkin, a paper napkin. And, you know, hey, coach, uh, on my way, give me a sense of, of, of the thoughts you'd like me to reinforce. And he goes, Lee, you know, we, we, we've got some great individual, ind- individual performers, but I'm not sure we function with a common goal. Okay, right, wrote that down. Mm-hmm. Um, being, being a competitor is really, really important at this level, at the college level. We've got, again, talented people, but I'm not sure how well they really compete. Okay, wrote that down, mm-hmm. um, and, and and then they're you know we we recruit from a number of different places and they don't really get to know each other as well as I think they should this early. Um, I wish they communicated better. Okay, wait, common goal, mm-hmm. <laughs> competitors communicate. There, there's three C's right there. Yeah, <laughs> and 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 um, the, so. The, those are 3 of the 5 C's and as this talk has evolved over over years it's turned into the 5 C's and 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 the 3 that i just mentioned are the first 3 C's mm-hmm. we, we talk about being a competitor and not necessarily um competing against other people but having that passion that drives us to be our best yeah Right to, to, to close the gap between where we are and where we could be. We need people who care, people who are driven, mm-hmm. people who are passionate to close that gap. And, and, and then the thing about the second component is extraordinary teams have a common goal. Um, yes, it's important that we're all on the same page. right? We are, we're all playing from the same sheet of music, all those analogies. But what's most important is that each individual is willing to make a sacrifice to achieve that common goal. Right. Mm-hmm. The minute we become selfish and only look out for what's best for ourselves, we detract. We move away from the achievement of that common goal. Um, that third component is communication, um, and and when I talk about communication, I'm not talking about merely the exchange of information. Mm-hmm. That that to me is easy. What I'm talking about is 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 communicating openly and honestly, so that we create. And, and, and develop a culture of trust.
0: Mm-hmm. That,
1: that's really the thing. Because the minute we're able to trust each other, then at that point, we can go full speed and realize our full potential. As long as we're hesitant, as long as we're skeptical, as long as we're holding back, we're never going to be our best. And then the fourth uh, component is chemistry. And I kind of get a little cute here because I needed Mm. needed another C. So, (laughs) you know, great teams develop these bonds, but that's what chemistry is about. It's about developing bonds. Mm -hmm. And so instead of bonds, I talk about chemistry. But here's what's interesting. Most bonds are formed under heat and pressure. Okay. Talk about how we handle adversity. Okay. Do we fall apart? Do we point fingers? Do we play the blame game? Or... Do we leverage adversity, whether internal or external, and leverage it to actually come together and develop those lasting bonds? Mm-hmm. That, that, that may be my favorite part of the talk because that that's, that is that is universal, right? That's just across the board, no matter what the group, no matter what the organization, no matter what the relationships are, we're going to face some heat and pressure. How yeah. we handle it? And mm-hmm. then the last component is extraordinary teams are consistent, the fifth C and we can't just be good periodically. We can't even be phenomenal periodically. Um, Extraordinary teams are consistent and they continue to pump out at a very high level because of their ability to focus and what they practice. Um, So
0: those are the five C's. Mm -hmm. So how can companies encourage their employees to practice and focus on these, these five C's and what can the companies do, you know, themselves to improve as a whole, you know, all around.
1: Yeah, I, I think the great companies, the extraordinary teams, make the team a an issue regularly. In other words, they bring it to the team's attention that we're not just individual parts, that we're a whole. And the whole is is, is greater than the sum of those individual parts. And it's really reminding people how interdependent we are on each other. You can't just come to work. You can't just be a part of a team and only focus on your job. It Mm -hmm. it doesn't work that way, right? It's it's how do I interact? How do I function within the construct of a bigger unit, (laughs) bigger than myself? And it's those interpersonal relationships that help us move forward as a team, as a whole. Um, So it's, it's the constant reminding that we're in this together, that we're dependent on each other and that together we're actually stronger than we ever are individually.
0: Mm -hmm. So now that not just meetings and events are picking back up since the start of the COVID-19 pandemic, but everything almost, have you noticed changes in the ways corporations run or the key factors necessary in having these extraordinary teams in this future post-pandemic world that we're, you know, kind of heading towards like what pandemic related changes have also changed the ways in which team building unfolds.
1: Yeah. And so a huge issue there is, is how we communicate, right? Because we're, we, we've got people who are working remotely. We've got some people who are in the office, right? So that this whole hybrid situation, um, of 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 managing people and managing effective communication when we're not necessarily together in a room in an office. Um, so so leaders have to have to really be mindful of, of 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 how we're communicating and making sure we're on the same page and connected that way. Mm-hmm. And and then there's just. Simply a shortage of workers at some of these organizations, right? You know, the the Great Resignation. Um, people are doing. Well, let, let me let me backtrack. Um, people aren't just not working anymore. They're doing some things that they can do remotely, right? They're they're not working for some of the big organizations. They're 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 doing things that they can do from anywhere, and and so we're losing. So corporations are losing a lot of employees um, and there's a shortage of work, it, a shortage of workers. Mm-hmm. How do we function? How do we do what's core to our business with fewer people? Right. And and then that's that puts tremendous pressure on the team um, and it's forcing leadership to decide, OK, what's really core? To our business are there things some things we can get away from um are there some things we can put to the side for now until or if things change at a later point like what what what's really important to our business and let's focus on those things um, mm-hmm. Yeah, it's and it's ever evolving, right? Things things change pretty quickly these days. Um, but at the same token, it gives leaders the opportunity again with technology and, and the way we can communicate. Um, it's given the opportunity to hire people who don't necessarily need to physically be in the office, which broadens um, your candidate pool. You don't have to, you don't have to hire people who are within you know an hour's an hour geographically of our physical location, we can hire people with 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 certain skill sets from around the world now, mm-hmm. um, as well yeah. as able to do the job. So it's really kind of changing the paradigm of how leaders um build their teams.
0: Mm-hmm. So when you go into meetings and events and you're chosen as a speaker at you know for corporations of all different kinds, how do you go about? kind of tailoring your messages to the audience that
1: you'll be speaking to? <laughs> it's the same thing I tell leaders to do. Listen, mm-hmm. right? Get to know your audience, get to know what their issues are, get to know what their pain points are, understand how their team is set up and what the dynamics are. Um, it's it's really about listening and learning. Because uh, the, the principles. The, the, the those five C's, that framework doesn't change. It doesn't need to change. These are issues that that go across the board. They're universal. But mm-hmm. how it plays out in a particular organization can be unique. So I just really try to spend as much time learning from the leaders as well as, as the team members, right? Because leaders may have one perspective, uh, but I try to talk to as many folks as I can as it makes sense to talk to. To really understand what's driving the challenges that that they face and reminding them of of the principles of what it takes to be an extraordinary team
0: mm-hmm. and what type of feedback have you received from audience members after they've experienced your keynote presentations? what lessons do they say you know they find the most impactful
1: yeah so it's it's interesting i I think the the mark of a really good speaker is not just sharing valuable information but, but positioning the information giving it in such a way where it's memorable
0: mm-hmm. right
1: and I, I try to I, I try to give phrases or ideas and in and, and, and bite-sized chunks so that um they remember it and, and, and one of the biggest compliments to me one of the, the 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 things that um what's the word I'm looking for affirms me mm-hmm the most is is when I hear after my talk um, for the rest of the conference or the rest of the meeting, or, or, or even three, six months, a year later, they, I'm hearing, Hey, we keep talking about what you shared at our event. Mm -hmm. Hey um, We're still using some of the phrases that you shared with us um, during your talk. Mm -hmm. And, and, And so the whole, so in terms of feedback, it's, are we still talking about Lee's message to us beyond Lee's message to us? Yeah. <laughs> right, that's that's the type of feedback and the type of uh, affirmation that's really important to me is that it was memorable, it was practical, and we're now using it to really benefit our team.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, thanks so much for joining us today, Lee. Do you have any final thoughts to share? No, I, I, again,
1: I really appreciate your time, really appreciate this opportunity um, excited about spending time with the folks at the the conference in Denver, Aurora. Right? Is that is that the way? Is that the geography? Yep.
0: yep, Denver, Aurora.
1: Yeah, re- really, really excited about it. And I think there's going to be um, we're going to have a good time.
0: Yes, we are. Well, that was Lee Rubin, keynote speaker, and one of two featured speakers at our meetings today, live Denver, Aurora event. Thank you for joining us for this Meetings Today podcast. I'm Taylor Smith, Destinations and Features content developer for Meetings Today. If you are interested in listening to any more of our podcasts with industry thought leaders, check out our website at meetingstoday.com. And thank you for, for listening.